I just heard it this morning, the alarm going off in my head, this internal alarm. Yes, like October is here, which means we need to be thinking about this. Hey, let's build it with Corey Heppola and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. By this, I'm assuming you mean dark beer? Stouts and porters, men. I'm in. <laughs> it's the best part of all fall. That's the first thing on my fall checklist. Stouts and porter in the beer fridge. Check. <laughs> um, Going to admit, didn't have this years ago, this internal alarm. It was something, if I did, I just hit snooze and I just ignored it. I didn't, I didn't want to deal with it. But now it goes off and it's loud. And as a homeowner, you, you've got to have this internal alarm. Look, October's here. Fall is here. You've got to start thinking about that fall home improvement checklist, Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm telling you, I, 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 it goes off in my head all the time. And in my fall home improvement checklist, it, it's, it's, it's gotten bigger over time and then it shrunk a little bit. But there's a couple of things that I make sure I do every time because literally it's just by not doing a couple of these things, thousands of dollars have been spent by yours truly because of damage caused. And it, it's, it's something that I just will never not do again this fall starting off with rodent prevention mm. i'm telling you i was two grand on a lawnmower when mice built the nest in there i had red squirrels in my attic it was sixty four hundred dollars to re-insulate my attic and get all the tunneled systems stuff out of there they chewed through some metal in there that I had to get get rid of i've had mice in different places around my house i've had squirrels in different places around my house and in so everything that's going to be set aside for the wintertime is going to uh, go through whatever essential oil I can get my hands on that's in the peppermint mint family. And I take a rag and I cut apart a rag and I douse that, that essential oil on there and I throw it up in the attic. I put it in my lawnmower. I put it in the walls. I put it in spaces that normally like where I'd see signs of mice because I'm telling you that mint smell for whatever reason it's so strong to them it keeps them out since i started doing that to my attic i've never had an issue and it seemed like i was chasing something in the attic every year i live in an oak forest those acorns start dropping the squirrels try to hide them everywhere i've you know putting on boots before to a pile of acorns that something decided to hide in in that boot in my garage so i know those uh, peppermint uh, little sheets they go everywhere first and foremost if you see a mouse in the house, what do you do? Do you go after it? Do you swear? Did uh, like does your your wife or kids do they freak out or are they helping? Like, what's the situation look like? Um, you know, the, uh, my wife is actually pretty tough when it comes to mice and and snakes and bats and and you know we live out in the country. She's she's dealt with most every critter inside the house. Seems like they they like to get in the house when I leave town, for sure, um, especially <laughs> bats. But uh, everywhere, it's all hands on deck. We've had, uh, we try to get the bats out alive because we notice uh, over the years, our bat population's gotten better and our mosquito population's gone down. Like we can see bats flying around at night, but I almost never get, get bit by a mosquito. So I'm okay with that. But rodents, yeah, I, uh, I can get scared by them though. I did the other day, I found uh, one, one of my pets must've uh, put the end to a, a little mouse the other day. So I, the prankster, I set it out and thought somebody would walk by it and scare. Well, 20 minutes went by and I forgot that I put it there and I jumped from it. I scared myself and then I had to, you know, tell my children about it and haven't lived down since. So rodents, number one on that fall 
home improvement checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are you looking at? What you know? What else are we trying to figure out here before uh, we get to winter? You know, I'm going to do a general inspection of the entire exterior of the house, and if I can't get up on the roof. I'm going to try to look at it with a pair of binoculars or borrow borrow some type of optics from somebody to get a really close look. Anything loose, anything I need to address because if you have ice dam issues or snow in the wintertime and it gets in there, again, hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars worth of damage cost. Any of your caulking that's cracked around your house, any paint that's loose. I'm going to look at the dryer vent. You know, those types of areas move over time. Just I'm going to try to reseal up everything. I'm going to have a, a can of one-to-one expansion spray foam and a very good high quality exterior caulking from osi in my hands and i'm going to go around my house and touch up things usually only one or two things a season that that has failed the caulking's cracked or pulled loose houses moved one way or the other and that i have to fix but uh, there's always something it's it's pretty rare that i walk around my house with those two tools in my hand and, and something doesn't get attacked what's the date where you all of a sudden transition your fridge to stouts and porters I like to refer to it as September. So not quite October, but still in September, like yes. somewhere that last two weeks of uh, September, things start going a little darker here at the old man cave. Yeah. So you've, you've started the transition um, into stouts and Porter weather. Um, and, and, you know, lo- you know, those October fest keep, it's a, it's like a creep. Like all of a sudden that's in, in August now, is there a point in time when you get into fall where you're just like, I've had enough of, of the October Oktoberfest in pumpkin, or are you good with it? I maybe had too much of pumpkin before fall started, but other than that, I'm fall can't last long enough for me. It could be twelve months of the season. It's my one, you know. I'm a leaf guard guy, so the leaves start falling, our phones start ringing, so they just kind of always will love fall. But this the the cold, crisp weather, the 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 everything. It's just my my favorite time of year, and it's not even not even close. This is. The next three months is what I live for, Corey. This is this is fun for me. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, you know just people buying houses as is, and we got a lot of feedback on that episode. Um, so I wanted to explore that with you a little bit further because it has been an odd trend. Hey, here's what's trending. I think this is odd for a couple of different reasons. One, people buying houses as is, no repairs, not even looking at the place. That's odd in general, but that that's probably associated to the hot housing market. But what is what would you say is the odd trend that you're seeing as a result of people buying these houses as is? We're running into this more and more where people need the financing and the payment plans in order to do the projects that they need to get done in order to prevent further damage on their houses. And a lot of times these are people that have been in the house since this year. It's I don't run into that a lot. It's 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 pretty rare that that they they got through by the skin of their teeth to get the financing approved because you couldn't find another split level home that went for 450 grand or whatever the case may be. Uh, and depending on the area of the city. So getting, getting the financing approved through a bank is one thing, but once you're, once you're maxed out there and you need to spend 15 grand on something, it's uh, I mean, I'm thankful to have programs like that available, but still 6.9% on, uh, on an interest rate. Now my dad, my dad, will tell you that 6.9% is a great interest rate, but his first home, yeah, he was, he was, we were going over there the a dollar ten went to the principal. It was at seventeen point four percent in the early eighties, uh, mid eighties, like eighty four, for his first mortgage or his second mortgage. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. you know, so it, we guess we can get there at some point, but I just I don't see it happening right now. Money's cheap, 
but uh, when you when you're max valued, it's you, your options are limited. Yeah, I think my parents they said their first house was like at thirteen percent, and then they refinanced at eleven and nine and seven. You know, because it's just like, whoa, I can't get any lower, and then it just did, and now. Like mm-hmm. we we refinanced for two point six um yeah. just this past year, that. which is which is nuts. And I just I can't see it going any lower, but I mean who knows? But here here's been the result of this odd trend now, people buying houses as is. People are overpaying for homes, right? I mean, that's a reality. It, it's almost like the the only way you make money off your home is is if like I have a cousin who moved from Denver to rural Minnesota. Denver, mm-hmm. insanely hot. They just moved to, to get back home. Well, then you moved to rural Minnesota. Well, now you, you make money on your home. But other than that, people are, you know, you're you're leaving one place and, and then moving to another place because that still costs money. But then if you're buying it as is, like Andy, you, you might have to put in a lot of money in these places, like, you know, windows or roof treatment. I mean, all these things you, you and especially if you don't get an inspector, you might not know these things are, are coming your way. Yeah. So there's there's lots of stories out there. I have no more money. I've spent everything I did in order to get this house. I don't know how I'm going to pay for the $30,000 of home improvements I need to do in order to save me 50, 60, 70 grand in the long run. Because if they're not addressed, sometimes they, they do cause issues. Now, if we're just talking aesthetics and changing the look of the house, people can live without that. But some things you just can't live without. And, and they have to get done. And when that happens, that's a, a kick in the gut and it's not fun news to deliver for people like me. Yeah. And it's, um, I'd heard the t- term house poor, right? Where it's mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, you look at the number and you see, oh, we can do that. And you, you crunch all the numbers, but then you're like, oh, I didn't expect this. Oh, I didn't expect that. And oh, groceries cost more or, oh, now this happened. And then there's always an emergency. And you know, we talk about financial literacy um, but but also keeping up that that emergency fund because we know something's always going to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. That was one of the first things I learned. But I've been house poor. I was 19 years old, newly married, brand new kid, bought a house in St. Cloud, Minnesota for $65,000 in 1998, I want to say it was. And I was house poor. I mean, I just had a new job, wasn't making enough money. My, my wife was still going to school. Uh, had a car payment, had insurance. I mean, there was nothing, nothing. I, I couldn't have put 15, 20 grand into that house. Uh, not not that first year anyways, but uh, there's, there's a lot of house poor happening right now because it's, when you overextend yourself, you overextend yourself. The money just, just if you think home values are going to continue to go up like this, it's, I, I, I would disagree with you. I think you need to look into it a little bit more. Yeah, the uh, just as an aside, I hate watching those HGTV shows where they're like, hey, look, your budget is $600,000 and they show them three houses and one's like 900 and they're like, you know what? Let's do the 900. I'm like, oh, God, don't do that. You're going way over your budget. It's not even close. Stick to the 600 yeah. or under and then uh-huh. renovate it or whatever. Do the right things there. But uh, I don't know. That's me. Um, another thing that I know that is on this checklist, Andy. Hey, here's health. Is thinking about spring. I know that sounds weird. We've got winter sandwiched in here. But if you have a project, uh, now's the time to think about it because the way things are, and, and you guys are busy, uh, you want to get out of that schedule. And, and if you have a project that you want done next spring or summer, uh, call now. Yeah, there's a lot of contractors that, that do what I do, and we'll lock your pricing in. I have good enough relationships with a lot of manufacturers that if I know that I'm going to be doing a project next June, I can work with them and lock that pricing in on that project. So 
even if the pricing goes up 40%, if you're willing to put a down payment down, I'll lock that in right now. And I think that's the best way to do home improvements is to plan it a year in advance. So if you're looking at getting something done in 2022, if it were me, I would start getting estimates now. Just what I'm going to do. It's just, it's just going to be, you're going to put yourself in a better spot. You never have to make a fast decision. You're never making an emotional decision. And it gives you the time needed. And you can stick to the timeline. If you can sit to a contractor, it will be like, hey, can you start in six weeks? Uh, maybe. But like, hey, can you start in June? All right, we're going to lock in these, this date in June. We're going to finish by this time in June. The contractor can plan that out then. I mean, just know that in his schedule, his or her schedule, they got to do that. And it just seems to go much easier. Yeah. So I love planning for spring this time of year. Yeah. Most people probably aren't planners though like that, are they? No, and I'm not either. I just I can tell you when, when stuff goes sideways in a home renovation project, it's it's because of lack of planning or fast decision making or trying to rush something through. So and it's 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 so out of my nature. I'm a fly by the seat of your pants. I don't know what is going on tomorrow half the time. Well, you know what it's like to work with me. Put it this way. To, to the rest of the world, Corey probably wants to kill me because I've rescheduled this <laughs> podcast way more times than I should. But my schedule is jacked up. But when it comes to home improvement projects, dude, I'm I'm planning that shit just because I know this is this is what's going to happen if it doesn't. One, I end up having to do all the work when I don't plan, and I'm just too busy and old now to want to do it all all the time. Too and old. once I built this shed, I built this shed. I'm like, yeah, no, no more. My hands were numb every night for like three months after this build i'm just i'm not doing that again you're too old so you know uh -huh. to get you back for for rescheduling the podcast so many times um i'm mm -hmm. gonna ask that this project in our house we get it done next week there you know now now we're even no problem hey careful what you ask for i never remember like when when you when you rush projects that's when they go sideways we that's can probably true. start next week i just don't know when we can finish the demo guys are always available yeah, that's that's very true. And that was uh, that was always good advice. That was a tip. Here's another tip. Hey, here's a pointer. When it comes to the fall home improvement checklist, one of uh, the things that I think might get overlooked more often than not, and I know it's weird to say, it's your furnace. Okay. And if you're not calling a professional to come out and do that annual service on your furnace, at least change your filter and then vac use a shop vac and vacuum out any dust that you can see one with a little bit of a brush on it you can get in there and then open up every duct put the shop back down that duct as far as you can try to vacuum out some of that trust me it, it, you're going to be in a much better spot but i still when i talk to customers and i ask i ask them i go how often do you have your furnace check it's it's under half the amount of people. So it's like probably 30, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's probably closer to 30% than it is 50% of the people that actually get their furnaces inspected on an annual basis or ever. Usually the answer is whenever there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's the recipe for spending more money than you need to. Yeah. Andy, crack open a stout. Good work, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.